So this just in, Tom Brady is a system quarterback. That's right. Tom Brady, seven Super, time, Super Bowl winner, who is the only quarterback in NFL history to ever win in two different conferences, is a system quarterback. Is anyone... Do you guys know anybody that still is not on the Brady goat wagon at this point? I mean, is is there anybody in existence that isn't just a complete fucking clown? I guess is my question. I mean, the biggest clown of them all, Max Kellerman, even had to bow down and apologize. Finally, took him what <laughs> five freaking years? Come on, dude. Yeah, I think it was 2015 or something where he made those ridiculous statements. But yeah, no, uh, I don't personally know anyone that thinks that Brady is not the goat. Um, but they're still out there because we see it, right? There's we see about it on our posts. There's about thirty other jealous fan bases out there still, though, that are still <laughs> not sure why Brady is, is where he is, and and man, they're wishing they had him. Well, it's the refs, man. It's the oh, refs, yeah. bro. We you saw all the penalties. He's the goat of multiple things. He's not just the goat of the NFL. Um, he's also the goat of social media. Absolutely. He's the greatest social media athlete I've ever seen. Um, he, he fucking works that shit. I think he was working it yesterday. He got white girl wasted yesterday. On, on avocado tequila. Yeah, avocado <laughs> tequila. I mean, come on. That, that post was so fake, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's him yeah. That's him making fun of himself and, and all his dedication in that birdseed diet, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's a genius, man. I, I swear he stirs up controversy. I think he was faking being that drunk yesterday. Either that or, you know, he's one of those chicks with the floppy hats that's leaving uh, brunch that had a little too much. But I don't know. Have you guys ever seen Brady drink? Motherfucker can drink. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've heard I've, I've heard the stories about him and Edelman and whoever just slamming like hundreds of beers a well, week. <laughs> they've had a lot to celebrate over the years, and he waits till the end of the year. And uh, they say that he never has a sip of beer in the season. And that's, you know, he, his only treat is the avocado ice cream. So <laughs> so uh, I think he had uh, lots of avocado whiskey, avocado. I think he uh, said avocado, avocado tequila. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was the avocado <laughs> tequila. But uh, is, is, uh, is that a real thing? I mean, is I, I haven't taken the time to look at it, but is avocado tequila like no way that's actually real. Right? Who knows what the hell they're doing down there in Brazil when, when he goes down with, with Giselle. But uh, ayahuasca. But, hey, uh, cheers to him and throwing it back. What, what a time to be alive in Tampa Bay, man. How about how about the completion uh, of the Lombardi Trophy across the water to yeah. Cameron Brate? No Short-handed Cam Brate. <laughs> what a celebration that was as a whole! Um, it was kind of perfect, really, for the Tampa, Florida. It was hot yesterday, oh, like yeah. it, it, warmest day in months. Yeah, you saw uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. walking around just completely shirtless, like every Ch- it, it championship like a, belt. It was like the middle of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Did you hear uh, how hot Leonard Fournette thought it was? Yeah. Leonard Fournette thought it was so hot that JPP had all his fingers. He, was, that a, was that a real tweet? Is that confirmed? Yes, he tweeted it. I it, saw it. it. Confirmed. Real. That is dude. not satire. Yeah, so, dude, we and we made a we made a meme the other day about uh, now Brady now has more rings than JPP has fingers. <laughs> and we got destroyed. Just absolutely destroyed. Well, guess who else is making fun of JPP's fingers? His fucking teammates. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah, but the Bucks, they win the Super Bowl. They go out. They get white girl wasted. Dude, a uh, crazy short turnaround on the announcement of that parade. Yeah, like 12 hours, basically. Yeah. I think uh, even kind of planned to keep the numbers sure. down for the amount of people that could hear about it, get out there and do it. I'm uh, sure the lady cop had a lot to do with that, the, oh, mayor, the mayor of Tampa. For sure. Yep. Absolutely. I'll, I'll leave it nice when I call her the lady cop. Jane Caster. Yeah. Yes. She. 
Well, you know, it, it worked out. It seemed like everyone was having a good time. It was mostly on boats. Dude, that would have been great to make it out there. Do, do you guys know anybody that actually made it out there? I, I do. I have some friends that went out there. Uh, a lot of people in the hospitality industry tend to be the ones that have a random Wednesday off. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, we, we knew a few people, but uh, I was not among them. And kind of like how I, I made a point to go to the World Series, go see the Rays, Rays play because I missed it in 08. Uh, I felt okay. I was able to be at the parade in 2003 when, when we beat the Raiders for the Super Bowl the first time. So I was like, you know, I can chalk this one up and watch it on TV. Oh, yeah. Dude. So, so the guy speaking right there is uh, actually a former guest of ours and now current guest, Pete Bolin, owner of the Galley and Mary Margarets, who is a big Bucks fan <laughs> as well as I think you got to call Tampa me a recurring guest at this, yeah. this yeah. point. Um, booking in our football season well, here. Sure. I love that you had to specify that he's our current guest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And we're actually talking to the recording of Mr. Pete Boland right now. <laughs> so we've all rehearsed every conversation we're going to have with them. So this is pretty boring on our end, but it's we got to go with like the script. The, like the Lombardi hologram. We got the hologram of Pete here yep. for sure. Yep. What'd you guys think about that hologram, by the way? That was, it was a weird, at first I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. But then as time wore on, I'm like, I had to check Twitter to see how I felt about it. And the whole world was kind of just kind of off put by it. What, what the hell did they do? There was a Lombardi. That, so the, I remember the uh, the Jerry Stiller one. That was pretty good from, from years ago. They made a hologram one? A, a hologram of Vince Lombardi. Um, but not the real Vince Lombardi. An actor playing Vince Lombardi. Was it actually an actor? Yeah, it wasn't actual Vince Lombardi. Like, well, was, I know. No, I know. Those they, Nike commercials back in the day were the best. The <laughs> Nike Vince Lombardi commercials, those were so good. Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought it was like the Tupac hologram. It That's is. what I it's thought. They, it's CGI. They, yeah. they CGI it. Um, yeah, but they had an actual actor like do some of the like handing oh, the kid the ball yeah. and all that stuff, and, and then, then they, they just they took put a hologram his face on of it. him. Yeah, and yeah, so. yeah. But it was weird. It was bizarre. Vince Lombardi is still the goat of of coaching. Oh yeah, lot. like uh, I mean, so there's a great Vince Lombardi story when he was uh, he first became football coach. It was whatever school he was at in Long Island High School, and he was really short on cash. They were broke. I mean, he was a I think he was a history teacher, and then he was t- uh, teaching football, and he saw that he could get paid more money by coaching the basketball team. And he just signed up for it. Never dribbled a basketball in his life. <laughs> Reads a book on basketball about some of the virtues of a good basketball team. Must have four passes where everybody shoots and has all this conditioning. And he comes to this drill sergeant. Literally wins the state title first year as coach. <laughs> I'm that, sure that's, that's awesome. been slumber. He has some of the most memorable quotes ever. I mean, the, the fucking the trophy's named after him. Yeah, yeah. for and a good reason. Well, for now. Well, and, for and now, he never had a losing season in his in, all, in his ten years in the NFL as a coach. He actually was on the same coaching staff for the New York Giants with Wyatt Tittle at quarterback and Tom Landry on the other side of the ball. That's a yeah, pretty impressive yeah, well, coaching Lombardi, tree right Lombardi there. was the OC and Landry was the DC. You know when he died, nineteen seventy. Yeah, that blew man. my fucking mind. Man. I mean, just how long ago it was? I and mean, we're talking yeah. over fifty year fifty years ago. We just celebrated Super Bowl fifty five. Yeah, dude died fifty one years ago. It's crazy, but I, but I think uh, it may not be the Lombardi Trophy forever. I mean, how do you turn down Thomas Edward Patrick Brady, Brady Jr. <laughs> oh my if gosh. he if, if the Bucks run it back next year? I mean, uh, uh, just I, about to say the same. Uh, thing. The Bucks are are, uh, are such a loaded team, and uh, if you watch Brady's performance, was such a classic. Uh, quarterback manager situation where he just played a perfect game. He didn't do everything. He was a perfect hand up. Even you look at the one real mistake they had, the ball gets snapped over his head. He just kind of effortlessly, perfectly falls on the ball, settles for it. was just, it was such a masterpiece of nursing a lead and wearing down the clock and getting everybody together. And what I, what I like to think about Brady, it's, it's not that he's the greatest athlete. It's not that 
he's the smartest, but he might be. He's really smart. It's that his his ability to be the coach on the field and put in the level of dedication and preparation. I mean, I know we're just like every other sports broadcaster out there uh, or wannabe sports broadcaster that's blowing Brady, but there's just enough cannot be said about this guy. The season that they had, the way they turned it around, uh, and does anybody think that it, it was Brady or Belichick anymore? It just this guy finds new motivation all the time, and it's 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 a sickness that he's got to be this good, uh, and it is something to watch. And now he's going to be part of our community here in Tampa Bay forever, and I think that's incredible. It too. is wild, and definitely not blowing Brady. I mean, I think nobody, def- this is a <coughs> full blown Brady blow session. But you can't for what he's done. And the biggest thing that stands out to me is over three generations. I mean, or, or, like three decades. Excuse me, not generations. Three decades. He's accomplished these goals. He's won these Super Bowls over those times or over that time. And the NFL has evolved so much over that time as well. And he's been able to do it continuously over and over and over again. Like LeBron, I don't think the NBA has changed that much when you see it. Like you know what you're going to get with the NBA. That's why nobody watches it until the playoffs. The ratings are down always. With the NFL, it's a completely different story. You have a, you could have a new team winning just any other any other year, whether it's the Chiefs, whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Steelers. All these teams have a chance to do so, and for Brady to do it as many times as he has over these three decades, like I said, that's unparalleled in my eyes for sure. Brandon, what do you what did you think about the Super Bowl? Oh, oh, sorry, I, I fell asleep, kind of like I did during the Super Bowl a few times. Uh, are you guys still talking about Brady? Should I should I go back to sleep? Yeah, no, it's, no, um, we, we have, it's a full blown Brady suck. I've got a few more here. things to say. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we're we're going to talk a lot about the Super Bowl. Well, so so I know that there, a lot of the criticism is that Brady gets all the calls, but some of that is the fruits of that work that he does. This guy works the referees like nobody's business. He knows the rules like nobody's business. You know, they're going up talking, hey, watch, they're, they're tugging our jerseys. Hey, watch this. They're going to be doing this stuff. This is the kind of brilliant stuff that he's doing to other teams for whatever reason aren't doing them. And, and it, it bears fruit. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's hard to stomach when you're on the other side of that, though. Oh, uh, absolutely. If, if, if there's any thought that calls are being influenced, um, yeah, it, no matter, even if it's part of the game, everyone gets in on LeBron about it. You know, he 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 complains a lot because he's working the refs. He's saying, dude, you need to go after this guy. And yeah, he's complaining a lot, but he's getting in their head. And he, in the end, is influencing calls. I agree that's what Brady does. I mean, um, Michael Jordan literally forearm shivered a guy to get open to shoot a game-winning shot. When you were the greatest of all time, that fucking happens. Can people stop being surprised that when, when you earn it, you don't just get it, right? Like, so for all these things that Brady gets all these calls, no shit, Sherlock. Like, yeah, you, you, you don't walk into the league and get this. You, you earn it. Brady's earned it. And, and yeah, it, yeah, it happened. It absolutely happened. But for all those reasons, you guys just said him working the refs, him, him knowing where to put the ball. I mean, getting a penalty is a skill. Uh, Joe Flacco made a fucking career out of it. <laughs> well, which penalty stuck out the most to you in the game? Uh, the, I mean, the most egregious one was the Mike Evans incidental contact. I mean, yeah. their feet got tripped up. I mean, that, that was definitely like, uh, that that's incidental contact nine out of ten times, and it's the only time it gets called is if the ref was in a bad position. The ref was right on top of the play. He was in perfect position to make that play yeah. and gave and gave the benefit of the doubt to to. Brady and, and Mike Evans. Yeah, I was gonna say not the hold, not the holding on Matthew in the yeah, end zone. I thought the holding on Matthew was worse. That, that one honest. I thought was worse. The Evans one. The the only reason I would say it's not a cause because it you could maybe say it was uncatchable. 
But you can't ignore the contact there. I mean, people are starting. Sure, to you finish. can. I, Mike they, Evans dove. It, it, it was a it was a terrible soccer dive. It, it's 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 and if, if if football gets to that point, then it's going to become unwatchable. Like soccer almost is getting at times. I think it's already been. There I, I think I think the biggest penalty though was the the overturned interception. I mean, that's the Brady effect to me that. That yeah. Somehow, if you look I, at I all, that was the worst call. I, I thought all, all the all the bucked up moments we've seen from all the years as a passionate Bucks fan of just you know here we go again. What could go wrong? Will go wrong. That was one of those scenarios where it's like okay, the Bucks got good momentum, everything's going, and then this this ball just pops up in the air and gets intercepted, and and it gets turned around. And next thing you know, the Bucks go down, right down, score so a touchdown. The game the game started pretty clean in the first quarter, and I saw on both sides of the ball, both the Bucks. And the Chiefs, I was like, that's a hold. That's a hold. I saw I saw multiple times, and I'm like, you know what? I'd rather them do this. I'd rather them just not make these calls and make this just a clean game that's fun to watch. I thought that's how the game was going to continue on. Then all of a sudden, it was like they made a they set a precedence where they're going to call everything in the secondary. And I'm sorry, man, I think that's trash because in the secondary, the penalties are so severe when you're calling a pass interference call and it gets you 50 yards. Like, first of all, I think the NFL might need to take a look at that rule just in general. The, the spot foul. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I, it's, I, I think it's kind of silly because dude, n- and nobody has taken more advantage of that during this playoffs than Brady. This, you know, the, the Scotty Miller play um, where the guy was afraid to touch Scotty Miller there because he was like, Oh, and he, and he, he, he takes advantage of that. And he's, he's really done that the entire playoffs. Um, well, well, you're right. He works. He works the refs. It's probably a pretty safe bet that Roger Goodell and the guys on Park Avenue are going to try to adjust the rules so that Tom Brady doesn't win. Gonna, there's going to be some sort of response because he's got 30 other teams and owners uh, uh, giving pressure on him. And I was, I think, who, that's the who does Goodell point. hate more? Who does Goodell hate more, Tom Brady or Dave Portnoy? Because I gotta imagine Portnoy he just by he's. Far. <laughs> I think Brady. I think Portnoy by far. I think he's embracing Brady now. He's hated him so long. He's forced to embrace it now. His nobody can etch in like the the history that Brady has for the NFL. Not one player ever. So so question though, Brandon, do you think that the the penalties really changed the outcome of the game? Like if they weren't calling so many severe penalties against the Chiefs, do you think it actually would have made a difference? Not at all. No, <laughs> there was a superior team on both sides of the ball. Um, the the Chiefs would have had to make a big special teams play, or or some some something explosive would have had to happen because I mean it was utter dominance on both sides, and that's that's why I don't get the you know all the penalty talk because none of the penalties we talked about say all three of the penalties we just talked about go the other way. It might be closer. You know, I, I may not have fallen asleep three times in the fourth quarter um, had, had none of those happened, but they're not changing the outcome of the game. Um, n- not at all. So I actually think the opposite, um, and I still think the Bucks win either way, by the way, but what the penalties did in the first half is they took every opportunity that the Chiefs had to build any type of momentum. Um, I mean, literally took away a pivotal uh, turnover, um, multiple third down plays that would have resulted in fourth down plays. Uh, they were drastic, and they took away all their opportunities for momentum and really took away any opportunity for them to be two-dimensional. And it, it immediately got them passing. And the only way that the Chiefs were going to win that game is if they could establish some sort of running game, which it completely was destroyed in the first half that they didn't even have an opportunity to do that. The Buccaneers have had 
the the best run defense in the NFL for a couple of years now, and so that was a favorable matchup. The Bucks run the ball well, so that was going to be a favorable matchup. Uh, Brady was able to take care of the football thanks to one of those penalties, uh, and then having those injuries at at the worst possible time for Kansas City, and then the Bucks getting healthy at the best possible time. I mean, what a difference that D line is with Vita Vea eating yeah. up all those. I mean, the the push that he was at where Mahomes couldn't step up and was making so so many opportunities for. Uh, Sack Barrett and then JPP to be moving around and Todd Bowles was mixing those guys all up and down the line of scrimmage. The blitzes were coming from different ways and they didn't have to blitz a whole lot, but when they did, it was effective. Um, and I think another thing that has been proven time and time again in, in the annals of Super Bowl history, when there is that bad <laughs> moment, uh, I, 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 said, <laughs> yeah, I said it in the annals of Super Bowl history mm-hmm. is when those bad omens happen Super Bowl week. That never ends well. You look at uh, the incident from Super Bowl twenty three in Miami. You look at uh, Eugene Robinson getting busted for prostitution. You talk about Barrett Robbins uh, with the, going the to Raiders, AWOL. Yep, uh, uh, with the Raiders, and now this incident with Andy well, what about Ray Lewis? Uh, uh, <laughs> well, he wasn't playing in the Super well, he Bowl wasn't that playing. year. That was the one the other way. Around. Oh, was it really? He was just yeah, attending yeah, was the, the Super Bowl yeah, okay. in Atlanta. It was the yeah. year before. Um, so, so it felt like I felt really good that Tampa Bay was going to win, and I felt really good about uh, some of the matchups they had, and it was going to be. If they, oh, you felt good. You felt good. I think you. I think you need to give me gambling advice because I bet against Brady in every fucking round, and I I literally hold a gambling show on this fucking page. How fucking stupid am I to go over four and bet against Brady every fucking time? Oh my god! That, yeah, but but uh, you don't listen to me. See, I, I I don't know how you bet against Brady Brady that last time because I was so ready. I I, I trashed the Bucks on our last podcast, and then the the day later that DUI or whatever the fuck happened with Andy Reid's son came out, dude. I I said it immediately. You gotta bet Bucks. I turned all my bets to Bucks. Um, was immediately on the Bucks bandwagon, it, dude. Andy Reid, without Andy Reid's head being in that game, they had no chance. Their offensive line was decimated. Like, they were going to have to come up with this brilliant game plan. And Andy Reid's a family guy. I knew he would turn his attention towards that because he's that good of a dude. Like, he's he's not going to be like, you know, uh, fuck my son. I'm, I'm going to win the Super Bowl this Sunday. He's the type of guy that's actually going to put away the Super Bowl. And that's a real like, tragedy. I mean, there's son. a little girl, you know, in the, in the hospital. It's and I, and it's, it's, a, it's a real tragedy. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys are using your Ubers when you're listening yeah, to us. How, how funny was it? Down. Mm-hmm. How funny was it that the Redskins came the closest from ending it? I mean, you you go back and look at the last month of football, and I mean, you Bucks fans, uh, Newman, Curtin, uh, and Pete, you got a bad end of the game. You guys were sweating out the most, right? Well, they had the defense. The, that, they that, had a, they had like an eight point lead the whole. There was it was never less than an eight point lead. Well, as much a true game, Bucks fan. You sweat every moment of every game. <laughs> I mean, uh, there, I mean, I didn't feel like. We, the game was salted away until uh, we got we got that that last push with about 12 minutes ago where we stopped and I think it was on fourth down or something they got stopped and it was like that's it we're gonna win the Super Bowl we just kind of knew it and like you could feel the momentum I mean we had such a great watch party at the galley uh, I mean it was our best literally our best sales day ever it was just a huge event I was I got to be the the party host with the the bullhorn and we had the kids getting on the bullhorn doing the Tampa Bay chants and and uh, it was just really such a special time. I mean, you could. It was kind of building to that moment, but 
Nobody. Because you guys are because you guys are title town, right? I mean, you guys have a good couple of months, and all of a sudden, oh, look at Tampa, everybody. Couple we haven't months. won in fucking anything, and we haven't won anything in decades. But we're title town. Everybody, watch out! Oh, you oh, obviously somebody been sounds bitter. So bitter, Jesus. <laughs> somebody hasn't been watching the Lightning. Somebody hasn't Dude, been watching well, the Rays. Saying, I'm gonna say prior to the I'm Rays. Gonna, I'm gonna text lightning. your wife and have him <laughs> come in your office and throw some salt on what you. What does, does the state of Indiana have one title in the last forty years? <laughs> well, well, he, I mean, he, he's, he's he lives Steelers in Indiana, but he, he's a Pittsburgh guy, so, you know, uh, just the Steelers. Talk about getting benefits from the referees. <laughs> yeah, Holy how are those shit. pens doing, uh, by the way? Uh, I don't know. They're playing right now, and I'm choosing you guys over the Penguins. <laughs> so, I mean, good, good I, think, I, think I, probably, I think that shows how well they've that, been doing. That's, that's, good, a lot. that's good gambling that advice for sure. But, you know, we were kind of talking about the offensive line and, and the impact of those missing tackles. Do you not change like we were talking about in the group text earlier today? Do you not change some of the offense similar to what the Bucks had to do with Brady? It was obvious that Arians in that offense made a change at a, some point later in the season where it was more of a Brady friendly offense, and he was making changes or substitution decisions and things like that to help with the packages and helping Donovan Smith, who is had a great season but is the weak point on that left tackle, using Gronk, using Cameron Brayton, those guys in that fashion. I thought they would do something similar the, the with the Chiefs with Travis Kelsey, something to help help out Mahomes and to keep that off or that defensive line of the Bucks that was completely healthy now, healthy rotation with Golston, Vita Vea, Sue, all the guys that we mentioned before. Should they not have made a game plan like See, that what, instead listen, of just having them run around with like a look, chicken with his head cut? Listen off? to what you're saying though. You're talking about one guy in the Bucks offensive line. The Chiefs couldn't just prioritize one side of their line. Literally every part of their line was, was the weakness. Yeah. They, but you can they, they design, had nobody. You can get them out of the pocket and design quick design rollouts, loading that side of the line where he does roll out to his strong hand side. Something different, and they didn't. Like you said, whether it's distractions from Andy Reid's son or Enemy didn't have something there, they're saying, hey, we just believe that we can go out there and do it. I don't know. It just seemed like when you don't score one touchdown the entire Super Bowl – and, and that was obvious. Like the most obvious thing everybody was talking about is your offensive line is the weakness, and you didn't do anything to prepare for that or try to change the offense. That's crazy to me. That's that's wild. I, I think to answer your question, it's it's a little multi layered there. So one, I think going in, they thought with a bit of arrogance, they thought that they were going to be able to block it up for one, which would they were wrong about. Then two, by the time they decided that they had to change the game plan, they didn't have the answer for it. Like realistically, what they should have done. If anything, I don't think that you you leave a lot of Kelsey in. He's he's one of the focal points of that offense. He needs to be catching routes. You may take a re- an extra receiver off the field and put an extra tight end on the other side or something to help out. But to some degree, you do need Kelsey as a pass catcher. You can let him chip more and stuff like that and, and work that into the game. Also, where are the running backs in the in the receiving like in the game? Like they weren't there. They weren't throwing the ball that much to their receiver to their running backs, and Clyde Edwards Hilaire was drafted to be a pass catching receiver. That like like running back. Like that they didn't incorporate that at all. So I think that they, they definitely screwed up some of the game plan, but I think it's a bit of arrogance too, uh, that goes into it. But the impact of those tackles, like we say it all the time, trenches matter in football, and that is where the, the biggest show, uh, and, and the biggest deficit. For what happened. it's worth, uh, the Bucks front four is so good and so talented, and their front seven in general is so good and talented. They would have been a bad matchup for a healthy Kansas City offensive line, and they've kind of proved no, we, that all year long. And uh, Kelsey, uh, guys, had ten catches and over a hundred yards, but 
number 45, Devin but, White, but was no all up in those grits yeah. every time he got the ball, and he was completely neutralized. It was the quietest 100-yard catching performance I think I've ever well, seen. Well, well yeah, normally he catches the ball, and he's got another 20 yards in him, and he's getting tackled every time he catches the ball, uh, and he's getting hit on every play. Like, between Devin White and Levante David, Levante David is the best cover linebacker in the NFL. Levante David might be the most underrated player in the NFL, and and he's going to get some eyeballs on him, and uh, I hope he can continues to be with Buccaneer as long as he wants to be. Uh, Devin White became maybe a, a, a star in the NFL this Super Bowl, and uh, JPP might have just put himself in a Hall of Fame discussion with what we saw, and uh, and Shaq Barrett might have just made himself a very, very rich man with, with that performance as well. So, sorry, it, these guys. It, it, it's universal in, in sports. You know, what happened very early in that second quarter, I think, uh, you know, looking at it, the, the Bucks hit the Chiefs in the mouth. And you have two ways you can react to that. You know, you can either punch them right back or what the Chiefs did went on skates. Um, they started being reactionary, and it, it ended up costing them. Um, it, it, the game was won, in my opinion, in, in, the second, in the second quarter. Most importantly, that last drive of the second quarter. Um, that's, that's when the, the Bucks really put the foot on the throat, especially with the Chiefs calling those timeouts. I understand the first one. But the second timeout was just I, – I, did they end up asking Andy Reid about, about that, that second timeout? Because I get so, what they're doing. Go on. Andy, Andy Reid has been notorious his entire career. He lost at least two of those four NFC championships that he played in uh, with the Eagles because of just p- piss-poor clock management. Um, it's actually and always – bet him again. Yeah, it's always been a knock on Andy Reid. And he, what is a, Brady notoriously great for? It's it's closing out the quarters and the halves, right? Yep. Uh, the the defining moment of the NFC Championship game was Brady to Scotty Miller, where they took an opportunity and, and there was no risk and no biscuit. You know, they they went for it. Um, I, I thought I thought having that goal line stand for Kansas City should have got them going. I mean, for we're, sure, we're we're a, we're a Ronald Jones dive over the yeah. top from this being an ugly blowout oh, yeah. game. I mean, it, it could have been 38-9, to nine, which would have been very similar. It would have been the exact same score and very similar to the first service Super Bowl in Tampa. Surprise, the Ra- Raiders versus lighting. Redskins, 38-9. to nine. It was an happened. ugly blowout. So next-gen stats, uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, the amount of yards that he ran pre-pass was the most of any quarterback this entire season. Just scrambling. He ran just scrambling. 497 yards that, scrambling. That is like miles, right? Like that, that is so many fucking feet that he the, fucking the memes ran. were incredible. Yeah. And the memes are really incredible. And dude, the back, the back, give, give it, you got to give it to Patrick Mahomes, man. He did everything he conceivably could do. Given that situation, the game plan wasn't there. His receivers weren't catching anything. I mean, he threw a dime to Kelsey. He missed it in the first half. And then they just started force feeding it to Kelsey. And that was working for a little bit, but we talked about it a lot, but that matrix throw, where he's getting taken down, and as he's getting taken down, he throws a perfect strike to his receiver, and he fucking drops it again. How how bad do you feel if you're William Golston? You've been chasing him around for like 20 seconds. You finally get him. You swipe his feet. He's going down. He gets that throw off. Perfect throw. (laughs) None of us, none of us on this podcast, could have made that good of a throw standing completely upright. It's fucking insane. It it was an unbelievable thing, and that's why he's the the Steph Curry of the NFL, right? This this he just. He's just incredible, and, and he's the best in the game. But uh, so it, I want to come back to the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs have some serious concerns going on just in future years. They only have one more year of 
this Patrick Mahomes contract where it isn't just unbearable. After the 2021 season, that contract just becomes a liability for them down the, down the stretch. So they really only have, I think, next year to capitalize. They, ha- they th- kind of expect, a lot of people expect them to win the Super Bowl this year. Next year, they got one more chance with their full roster, and then the year after that, they're going to have to start scrambling for some cap room. But guess who's on the other side, on the other conference, who's going to be arguably just as good? They, they're going to lose some pieces, as definitely the Bucks. But with the full offseason, the Bucks could be back there again next year. We could see a rematch of the same matchup again next year. Like, you know that's in Patrick Mahomes' head a little bit. It's I, I think be. that's smart money that, you know, I think the Bucks would be the obvious clear favorite right now for the Super Bowl. Kansas City would be right there with them. Uh, I think Buffalo would still have their hands full if, if they got it as far as the AFC. And, and obviously we're a full off season away, but just Tom Brady just looks forever young. He does. And, and, and he still doesn't get hit. He didn't get hit the entire Super Bowl. Uh, he's you know why he didn't get hit? Because the Bucks actually invested a first-round draft pick in an offensive tackle Wirfs. who graded out as the number one player in the Super Bowl. Yep. Tristan Wirfs was fucking incredible this year. He's one of the best offensive uh, offensive line tackles I can remember in the longest time. I'm sorry, offensive, <laughs> offensive linemen yeah. rookies I can remember in the longest 799 time. 799 pass-blocking snaps on the season, one sack allowed the yep. entire he, year. He was incredible. Per PFF. Uh, it just... It was it was such a perfectly executed game by Brady and the Buccaneers. Was. You got to think Leonard Fournette's coming back. They, they might lose Chris Godwin, but they're going to get Antonio Brown for a full season after this. A, a very quiet Antonio. Fuck that guy! Yeah, Fuck oh, that guy! Uh, <laughs> one of the all-time pieces of shit, right? Uh, uh, that's ever won a Super Bowl. But but I mean, the Bucks are going to be loaded next year. Uh, it just it just seems, and the same thing. We're watching the Lightning right now. The Lightning are still the best team in hockey. I mean. I, I think that uh, Champa Bay is going to be a thing for a while. They might have to make two. Antonio three. Brown winning a Super Bowl is the worst thing that happened. Like I've, I've, co- I've come around to Tom Brady, you know, I mean, I bust your guys' balls for, you know, all being down there in Tampa and, and Bucks fans. I mean, again, I'm, I generally am happy for you guys and, and happy for all the success, but seriously, <laughs> yeah, right. fuck Antonio Brown. Antonio, oh my God! Just, uh, I got, I got to go back on mute, or I'm going to say saw, something saw you big time. So, so, um, one one thing that we were talking about with you bringing talking about the Bucks bringing back players, one player that absolutely has to come back, no matter what. I don't know, care if you have to franchise tag him again. Shaq Barrett absolutely has to come back. Uh, he just made a statement. I think it was today that, and I quote, "I'm going to break the bank." And, and, and he should, and he should, for him. Uh, except for if the Bucks tag him, and then he has no chance uh, to to do that. Well, the but, Bucks tag him; they're they're putting over twenty million dollars into him. I mean, he's it's, it's going to be a he, big. He, tag. He's worth every penny of that. Um, so he would actually. So he's technically classified as an outside linebacker, which he gets slightly less than a defensive end for, uh, which is insane. Um, but because of that, yeah, it, it, like the number is a little bit lower than it could be. But just in terms of total pressures this season, Shaq Barrett had. 97 he trailed only Aaron Donald who had 105 which is f- absolutely incredible for an interior defensive lineman to lead the league in pressures with 105 no other player had more than 75 what a bad throwaway by the Broncos by the way oh. wow ouch well that was an embarrassment of riches they had there oh, for, for so sure. long and then uh it, it that's kind of goes you know I can 
pivot that into a Tom Brady story. The guy finally got his opportunity. He waited in the wings. He worked on his craft. And he's, I mean, the amount of moves that Shaquille Barrett has, I mean, he's got that whole full toolbox. It, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty he's to so watch. He's so fast, too. Like, he's he's won the rep basically a, like a half second into the snap. Once the snap goes, he's timed it up, and he's already bass the He's the first guy moving. He, yeah. Before, he, like... <laughs> Technically, like right before the center. Center's obviously the first one. And moving, you run away from he's him. He's the next and guy. Jason Pierre-Paul, this super freak of an athlete, monster, wild man, is now breathing down your neck too. Do you think it's he can still do a backflip? Never, never, never lost a Super Bowl. Never. JPP's never lost a Super Bowl. He's never right? lost a playoff game. Yeah. He's eight no in the playoffs. Uh, he is yeah. just a freak. And no. f- what a moment for that guy. Uh, can't wait to bet against him here in about uh, eleven months. Guy, guy who came up here in the Tampa Bay area, went to USF. Uh, you know, made his hay as a as a South Florida Bull on that same very same field, Raymond James Stadium, and to have all of his family to be back supporting him uh, home in Tampa and, and to win a Super Bowl in the home field. I mean, what an unbelievable thing! And and damn it, COVID, we we had to watch it at a bar or a house for the most part. <laughs> well, what a what a moment for Todd Bowles, right? I mean, yeah. talk about a comeback game for him with the Chiefs, the way that they treated the Bucks that first game with Tyreek Hill. And Carlton but, Davis, for him, what an impressive performance by I, him on the other side, which they did exactly what I said. They put him on the other receivers who are garbage, they're one-dimensional, and he absolutely shut them down. Absolutely. And I just think that Todd Bowles' game plan, it was, it was incredible to see him put that together, it was, and it was even better to see the players execute. You know, you, you always have to have a good game plan, but you got to have the talent to back it up. And and we were talking about free agency a little bit ago. And Levante David, man, like I, I want Levante David back. Big what a great time. moment for a guy who has, has stayed through all the times. The, the, the staple of our the staple of our defense for sure the only other guy that you could have said prior to that was Gerald McCoy and before we got rid of him he was the longest tenure buck there he was a captain of that Gerald team McCoy's a lot a loser no, no <laughs> doubt but I I'll give McCoy you the, said that last podcast too. I, I'll, I'll give McCoy I'll give McCoy the, the love of the Bucks team. fan but Levante David man to see what he's done for this city and for this team being underappreciated by the league and really just to buy the media in general not getting the love that he deserves to come out in the in the Super Bowl like that it's it's incredible it's awesome to see so yeah let me so you guys you guys brought up a really good point earlier and I want to pimp an article that uh, Newman and I wrote uh, about a year a little over a year ago um I think I think Mahomes window's closed uh, I think his salary next year is going to be 25 26 million Newman and I yeah, around there. So I mean, so Brady broke my article a little bit because the average salary of the quarterback that's won in the past twenty years has been thirteen million. Um, so I I wrote Newman's stats, you know, backed it up. Like pretty much, if your quarterback makes over this, um, your likelihood of winning a Super Bowl isn't very high. Um, Brady made fifteen before his bonuses this year, so he was slightly above that average. Um, I I think the Mahomes and Chiefs window is is over. Um, I, I think they still have the talent to get there, but again, um, we'll have to reshare both of those articles, but me and Newman put the data together to show, you know, if you're making almost twice, um, what the, what the average quarterback salary of a winning quarter or winning Super Bowl quarterback is, uh, door shut. Plus Chris Jones's contract as well. Chris Jones has a monster contract with them. If I'm and not you got to feel the way that Tom Brady is. If Bucks GM, Jason Light comes to him and says, Hey, Zach Barrett wants to break the bank. I think we got another Super Bowl running this. What do you think? Can we restructure your deal? We'll sign you to an extension. Oh, absolutely. We'll restructure your deal. Will you do that? It's really easy for Tom to say yes because his wife makes more money than him. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah, I, I, I do think Brady signs an extension. I think so. He absolutely. has one year left 
I, I think he signs for a two-year extension. I think he plays for three more years. Yeah, it, it's it's a, he's just an incredible specimen and in what he's able to do in this this brilliant work ethic that he has, and he just doesn't get hit. It's, it's but, but also smart smart GMing would say you actually want that contract to be longer than the length that you expect the player to play. So if you say, okay, I think Tom Brady's got another three years in him, you make the contract four years, that way the bonus money, even if there's no guaranteed money in that fourth year, the bonus money can stretch out another whatever. So if you give him a $20 million bonus, it's a four-year contract. It spreads $5 million each year for the cap hit. Just, just uh, That's one way that they'll tweak it. I expect JPP to also get an extension and have some of that same same effect in terms of that, and maybe Mike. He Evans. looks like he's got plenty of gas left in the tank, and and I I like to say too, as as a passionate Bucks fan that has you know followed the team so closely all these years, a rare thing for a guy like Light to get another coach and another quarterback, another opportunity. Uh, what a, what a turnaround comeback for them! Uh, this guy drafted two kickers that neither one of them were with the team. Dumb. You, like, I mean, we're talking about, uh, and then you look at all these other great hits he did with, with the draft picks. They get the coup with Bruce Arians. They get the coup with Tom Brady. They pull it off, and what a turnaround for the Glaziers uh, as this franchise has completely uh, had this metamorphosis into the standard of the NFL again. It's it's uh, um, lots of, uh, lots of uh, tip of the hats over there at One Buck Place. Yeah, I think, I think it's worrisome, though, man, because – Man, I still don't think he's a good GM. He, he's made some splash hits over the last couple of years, but his track record is just its impossible to ignore, Dude. especially with kickers. Like, just stop drafting kickers. Everybody, That's never draft stop a kicker. It. Stop never it. Never draft Just stop it. <laughs> and Ryan Suckup was one of the un, unsung heroes yeah. for the yeah. Buccaneers. He's signed off the had street. Fan, they, he had a fantastic season with the Buccaneers. And I, there's just this Brady effect that yeah. the mistakes that used to sink that – Buccaneers ship every single season, every time that things are going wrong, those just don't happen anymore. And uh, what a wild ride it was this year. Uh, just had to incredible. suck for suck up growing yeah. up. Yeah. You know, <laughs> in any time he fucking said something, but now he I'd can rather say suck super, up than suck down. He, though, he, you know? he, he, he hit a super. He hit a fifty yard field goal in the Super Bowl though. So you know what I mean, dude. He was he was awesome. And, hey, uh, and he's, honestly, a, and he's a millionaire too. And he's a millionaire. Bucker was the only guy that was performing for the Chiefs. He's a millionaire many times over. So. You know, suck up's not so bad. Suck up's better than fuck up, though. Can we talk about that punter for the Chiefs, the Clay oh, Matthews looking Tom, motherfucker, T- Tommy Townsend, Florida Gator? I'm Tommy sorry, Townsend. You're if you're a punter, cut your fucking hair. And dude, that, that isn't like a old like boomer like cut your hair, you know, little guy. It's like you're not cool enough to have that long hair, get, dude. Get a haircut, hippie. Get a hair. No, like you're you're a punter. You're not cool enough to have that hair. Cut it. There's a like hierarchy well, he was, in he was football busy whether you want to like hell. it or not. There's a hierarchy in football whether you want to like it or not. And the kickers and punters, they know it. Like it's So recognize. Get rid of that shit. Don't be flashy. We don't need a punter doing that. The only guy who really could get away with that was Pat McAfee. And he doesn't play sports what, anymore. What's his game with that hair? Is he like swimming in Kelsey's wake? Like Kel- Kelsey's bringing home girls to the hotel room banging him the first night and then they come back the second night and Kelsey's on to another girl. And so then, Oh, here comes the punter. Well, it obviously didn't help him. You saw his performance. He shanked a, a couple of those punts. that got shanked. One, terribly. Shanked one. And, and Go Gators. Dude, th- that was a big part of the game. When you want to talk Fuck about field position and Tom Brady, dude, come on, let's get real. Are you given. So I was actually, I was following, I was following Pat. Uh, I follow Pat on Twitter and he was saying the type of punter that he is, he drops the ball. And when that's your method and you miss once, it's like the, like, it's the worst thing in the world. Like you don't get that. Yeah. Like, 
so again, he's done that a million times. He's probably dropped the ball that method thousands, tens of thousands of times. Once you mess that up, like you almost can't shake it. Um, so yeah, I mean, as soon as he dropped that ball, like Newman said, that guy was done. I mean, stick a fork in it. Yeah. Well, they never expected him to be that busy. Uh, uh, I mean, that was the busiest he'd been all year for Kansas Hashtag City. Hunters aren't athletes. Yeah. <laughs> So guys, uh, I want to I want to seize the moment. We can we can drift in and out. It's kind of a meandering pod, but I, this this is kind of our last chance to talk football for a while. So I want to talk some football. Uh, it's it's the saddest week in sports. <laughs> this is the sad. This, I I honestly it hits me about Wednesday because Monday you're still kind of oh man soaking in oh, all it the was plays. Like that. It was like that at the bar and restaurants all downtown for and, sure, and in Tampa, St. Pete. Sunday was, like I said, so huge, such a special event. I mean, we did champagne spray at both my bars and just such a great time. Monday was so exciting. It's the ultimate yep. water cooler moment, especially in Tampa area. It was gorgeous weather, but it was great. And then Tuesday, I think, was the slowest Tuesday I had all year, even including some of the COVID stuff. Uh, it was the second what? worst Wednesday's day I ever had. Wednesday was terrible. We had a decent night, late night, and then uh, today is like kind of starting to feel normal. It's oh, just yeah. crazy. The season is coming to an end. And so we have to look forward. Uh, the Chiefs, obviously, this disappointing loss. Uh, so many teams in the playoffs that fell flat. But who's going to be there next year? So, you know, we can assume the Bucks, We can assume the Chiefs. But who? what is another team that wasn't in the playoffs last year that you think will be there this year? The 49ers and whoever gets Deshaun Watson. Those are my answers. <laughs> so Houston? <laughs> I mean... Well, whoever, no, I, I'm assuming a trade. I don't think Houston has a, has the capability of getting there, but if Deshaun Watson actually does get traded, he could make a difference on some team. Um, he's that good of a player. Uh, but outside of that, the 49ers to me are a team that are absolutely, like, they were racked with injuries this year. Uh, Bosa, like, a bunch of their offensive linemen, all this kind of stuff, like, they're just dealing with it. Um, a little bit of health, potentially a better quarterback, because uh, there's talk of Joey, Jimmy Garoppolo being traded or or them acquiring another quarterback. I think that's a team that is definitely ripe to potentially get back there again. Um, and then outside of that, I mean, in terms of not making the playoffs, that's a kind of a harder list because there are actually extra teams this year that made the playoffs. But, um, I mean, th- that's, there, where I would, there, there, that's where I would go. Newman, Newman, there's a couple teams that I, that I love their odds at. So I'm looking at a gambling website right now. Um, how about you sponsor us and I'll actually, uh, I'll, I'll throw your name out. Um, but I love the Rams at plus 1300. That's 14 to one. Um, I bet that's, that's awesome. Um, the number two team that I can't believe they're higher than the bucks. The bucks are plus 900. The Packers are plus 850. Um, they're actually the second highest odds to win the Super Bowl next year. I hate that. Uh, but, but I, I wanted to point that out. Um, it goes chiefs, uh, Packers, Bucks as the top three. Um, I think we can I like expect the, based on based on what I'm uh, I'm listening to in terms of these odds. I, I think we can expect these teams to go heavy defense in the draft. Like a lot of these teams are going to go heavy on the defense. So. Sounds to me like we're giving Brady more motivation. You're not going to make the Buccaneers <laughs> the favorite after what you just saw. I mean, what more fuel do you need to give to this guy's fire? I, mean, I think Green Bay is going to be great. I think Kansas City is going to be good. Buffalo is going to be good. I, I think that's with the expectation that they lose some guys. No, yeah. and I already said I'm, I'm expecting the Chiefs and the Bucks to both be right back into the thick of it. I said besides them, who do you, who do people you think who is going to be a People who weren't in the playoffs, you yeah, said. And exactly. I think, I think, I think the Colts, 100%. Is my well, they were in the playoffs. The Colts were in the playoffs. Did they make the playoffs? Uh, yeah, yeah, they lost they to Buffalo. Lost to Bills. No, well, well, all right. Well, I, Miami. I, I, I threw out questions, uh, leading questions. I have an answer. 
I think there's two teams that jump out to me huge in this, and it's the Chargers. Uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, who I think, by the way, this offseason made the best offseason hire at coach. Um, I think they are set up for just, let's face it, they're the most talented team last year that didn't make the playoffs. I, I think it's undoubtable. Uh, Herbert, it, he's just going to get better and better. You know, they talk about sophomore slumps. I don't think that guy has it in him. I think that guy has ice running through his veins. I, I think he continues to get better and better. They get Derwin James back at safety next year. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah. They get him Jeez. back, but we hope that did, he's did able to play. Did they get a new head play. coach yet? Yes. They did. Yeah. Brandon Staley, who was the Rams defensive coordinator. I would argue okay. the best hire in this offseason. Robert Salah, I thought you loved him a lot, I lo- too. Love him, too. Where would you rank them? I'm a, I'm a uh, Knowles fan, and I'm a uh, Gator hater from way back, but I think Urban Meyer is going to put together a good program in Jacksonville. I think that's going to prove to be a good hire. I think the NFL lifestyle is going to favor him for from the college football lifestyle. That's interesting. Yeah, and there's teams that are going to be interesting so, next year, like – Everybody so, so, the so Drew, uh, the Cardinals are actually phenomenal odds. They're plus 4,000. Uh, I just don't trust a coach, right? I mean, I think they have one of the worst yeah. coaches in football. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. You guys are all, uh, most of you are Knowles fans um, other than Kurt. Um, what about the Saints? They got Jameis, who again, Breeze had a terrible. Breeze had a terrible year. We we don't um, know that they have Jameis. Jameis is technically a free agent, so we can't necessarily assume that. If they do have Jameis, I think that is a team that absolutely can compete. There is, yeah, a that's well, a team I like a lot. That's a well built roster, and Jameis actually, I think, it makes them a more dynamic team than Drew Breeze does because he has a stronger arm. Yeah, you can roll the dice on Jameis, and then you still have Taysom Hill. So we know they can win games with Taysom Hill, but like, how many games can they win with Taysom Hill? You, he can't be your quarterback. I think they decided that. Uh, they really have positioned Jameis well. I, I have a theory that they purposely had Taysom Hill start those final games because they did not want Jameis to go out there and just to start th- throwing fireballs and to be all of a sudden worth a $30 million quarterback in the open market because he's, he's a UFA this year. So I have, a, I have a weird theory that that was all a mastermind ploy by Peyton because he saw that Chess stretch. not checkered. It, yep. was, it, was, it checkered. was two games against Atlanta in that three-game stretch that they knew they were going to have Breeze. And he always played well against Atlanta. Exactly. He crushed Atlanta in both those games, and then he lost the other game. So Taysom Hill beat Atlanta twice. Like, whoop-de-fucking-do. Anybody could have. We know Jameis would have. We So I, I have a theory that they kept him on the bench to lower his free agent value. And if they did that, it's fucking genius. It really is. Well, well, there was also some stories, you know, there was kind of twofold, I think, that gives some credence as how much they've said that they really like him in the organization. Yeah. Uh, they really like what they saw out of him. And, like, it's a lot of things that we saw here as Bucks fans. Uh, and, and then there was the thing that they made a promise to Hill about giving him a chance. That was part of that new they deal. They paid um, him. They paid him big yeah. time. He's, he's getting paid a lot. Yeah. I, I mean, but you put Riddle. Jameis Winston on someone like... Minnesota or Chicago or, or some of these other teams where it makes their offense a little more dynamic and two-dimensional. I mean, I, I mean, we know the kid can sling it. It's whether or not he can minimize the mistakes. Sling it to the right team, yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, so the, I mean, the last team, Drew, the last team, Drew, I want to bring up, um, and, I, and I, I, again, I know you loved them. I know Derek loved them. Uh, I think last time we had Pete on, he, he, he was a big fan, but Pete always supports Florida teams. Uh, right now you can get the Dolphins. At plus three thousand, and I think Watson, if he goes anywhere, he goes to Miami. So you might want to take a flyer on thirty-one to one Dolphins winning the Super Bowl next year. Yeah, that, like that, that is my. That. I like that bet a lot, actually. Yeah. 
Uh, defense is only going to get better. It's such a young, talented defense. I'll, I'll, I'll put a, I'll put a flyer on a team here, and you know this. The NFL has a way of just kind of falling into some great storylines. You want to talk about a team that I think is going to be pretty good that didn't make the playoffs? I mean, New England. Like, uh, Do you think Belichick is going to take this lightly, that they're not going to figure something out, that they're not going to add some offensive pieces? Are they in that much of a shambles? They look pretty good in September and October. Good point. Uh, with with yeah. Scam Newton. And uh, like, I think Scam Newton is a shot and, fighter. And and uh, they get some some key belt players back, too. Yeah, so they, uh, uh, you know, Dante House, Hightower, and some of the, a bunch Patrick of the other defensive Chung. players that have opted out of that, um, they'll, they'll get Which back. Which was a good idea and, for and them. And offensive <laughs> linemen. I mean, if even Derek said on this pod, he thinks that Belichick had like handshake deals, like, "Hey, just opt out this year. Don't take the hits. We're not going to be good, and and we'll run it back." That would be a very uh, Belichick thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's going to be a really interesting team next year. Yep, and Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins are doing Patriots. Really it's it's really wide open. Like, what happens with Cincinnati and Joe Burrow? Like, how long does it take him to recover from that injury? Uh, does Dak Prescott come back next year? Uh, in in at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of press this week about them, you know, leaving Dak Prescott off their highlight video. Um, and it's, it's, it's at least notable. Um, why, especially if you were banking on bringing him back, why wouldn't you just throw him in there? You know what I'm saying? It really doesn't make any sense. I think they're fucking fools. Like they, they saw what, what their next best thing is in Andy Dalton. Like, you know, that to me, Andy Dalton increased Dak's, value exponentially sure. this offseason you franchise tag him he gets a devastating devastating injury and after he has that injury it almost like gives you that self-reassurance like oh well see we we franchise tagged him he's hurt we shouldn't have gave him the big deal and then you're still trying to fight for a big deal coming off of an injury like that i mean That's i just tough. don't think i just don't think dak has the leverage at that point in time i think the cowboys still do and I think they tag him again if he's going to. Dak stay doesn't there. have the leverage. Dak, just, Dak definitely has leverage. He just went, he just he just went down, and his backup quarterback looked atrocious yeah. the entire season. So you don't think they can he, franchise tag him? No, Dak, what, what, what I'm saying is Dak was on a historical pace statistically. Like he he was going to shred the the yardage record, every statistical record there was. He whatever you want to say about the Cowboys, they were awful this year. Their offense was never the problem. Their defense is terrible and it looked so much worse the second that he was gone and i think they got the wrong coach too and dak, yeah, i think that, that dak, was a bad retread dak wants a yeah. long-term McCarthy. deal though that's been the whole thing with that definitely and the wrong they, coach. And they weren't willing to give him that long-term deal that then the one deal that they did give him that was a pretty damn good one he turned down i can't remember what the terms are were on that one but it was actually a really good deal but, but, that he actually ended up turning down at that point yeah. in time, which people kind of forget about that. And when you do that to the front office, like, well, okay, here's the franchise tag. And whatever his statistics were there or not, what I mean by leverage is he doesn't have the leverage to say, hey, I'm, I'm a five-year, four-year deal quarterback right at this point in time coming off a franchise tag and that, that notorious of an injury that he had. Sure, sure. But here's the thing. The franchise or, or tag for him this year is going to be like 30-plus million dollars. So that's a lot of leverage because it's really hard to put a winning team on the football field when you've got 30 plus million dollars tied up into one player. So one, that gives him point of leverage in terms of they don't want to tag him if they can avoid it. Um, two, if you're him, you don't get the number you want. You just say, fine, I'll take the tag. I'm hurt anyway. You don't even know if I'm going to play. So and I'm still going to get all that money. So like it doesn't matter to me if I'm Dak. I'm in a good situation, and I do think that you do have leverage. I agree that they can tag him, and that that's an easy fix for them. But they also have 
a, they have a bad cap situation in general. So they have to clear room to be able to make him afford under the tag. Yeah, you guys are forgetting that um, the Dak Prescott injury is not nearly as bad as it looked. It was a compound compound fracture. There was no structural damage. He, he that Pretty much every doctor that has looked at him, they expect him to be back 100% by training camp. So the injury really doesn't even really play What's, into it at all. Uh, uh, Odin, 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 real quick. Uh, Super Bowl announcer Tony Romo told me it was a cramp. Was it? Was yeah. it not a cramp? <laughs> no. Worst cramp in NFL history. Uh, talk, about, so, talk about someone who had a bad game on Sunday. Tony Romo really struggled in the yes, limelight. He did. Uh, he, he had a really rough time. He did. I, I think his, wor- things, his worst game. His worst game. I uh, love Tony Romo. He was. He got like weirdly excited. It was like it was like kind of listening to like a twelve-year-old announce a game on YouTube. Like it, like he got like giddy. Not. Well, it was his it, first it, trip to the Super Bowl, so yeah. <laughs> he, he lost me talking shit on Antoine Winfield. That's when he lost me. That dude would not let it go. Oh, I can't believe he did the peace signs. Like, dude, move. Dude, on. The game was over. Tony, Tony's move. never done good in Tony's never done good in big games, so none of us should be surprised. Uh, fair enough. Uh, one thing uh, when it comes to some of the the economics of the NFL that's going forward uh, that I think is going to be interesting is I know there is some things tied as far as the, the finances with revenue. And revenue was way down this year, especially with all the empty stadiums. Uh, TV was obviously up, but in a different down. way. Concessions down. It, it was just kind of a different year. So it'll be interesting to see what someone like Dallas, who wasn't able to pack 105,000 people in, into into Jerry World, is going to do with, with some of the money and interest. Well, in that. well, the cap is, or the, all the franchise tags are projected to go down. I, I looked at some of the numbers; they're all projected to go down. But here's the thing: with somebody specifically like Dak. It is the second tag. So the second tag, you get a higher percentage of how much, uh, like it goes, it goes. So it go, starts off by going by position, right? So like what the, the original franchise tag is top 15% of players at your position. And then once you get to like the second and third tag, it starts becoming not at your position. It becomes the entire NFL. So that's where some of that increases for him. So Dak's looking at probably around the $35 million mark for well, the franchise tag. Real quick on the NFL, and this is actually breaking news as of two hours ago, but the U.S. just secured a deal to uh, get 200 more uh coronavirus vaccines within the next few months, which guarantees now that literally every American can be vaccinated by July. If they want one. If, if they want. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, the, the amount of people that good. will opt out is it's but, negligible. It's, and, and the people that do opt in. doing things where this is the only way you can fly. Is if you yeah. Have, my if my point like is, is America could quite literally be back by next football season. As a season ticket holder, I am amped about the possibility to be in a crowded stadium again. I want to see football the way it was. I, I really do think the game was altered. I want life the way it was. Dude, I, I think I think the Bucks will be better next year yeah, with full absolutely. crowds. With, sure. with, with fucking with full crowds. Brady thrives off that, man. So, so there was actually a big that. signing this week. Another team that we haven't really talked about but was in the playoffs this year. Taylor Heineke was re-signed yeah. by the Washington football team. Big, big what, signing. what a dynamic performance <laughs> that great. was. That, 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 that was Odin loves Heineken. I do. Odin love loves Heineken. I love him a lot. From second string in the XFL to almost winning a playoff game against Tom Brady and the Bucks. You know who he reminds me of? And we just talking about him. He reminds me of Tony Romo. He's got this scrappy, like, he's he's mobile, but he's not, like, overly mobile. He's really smart. No, I, I agree. He's smart with his movements. And uh, uh, I've always really liked Heineke. Uh, I've told this story about him, you know, multiple times. I won't tell it again. But uh, he... 
he was one of the Vikings favorites to actually start over Teddy Bridgewater in one of Bridgewater's early years. And he had this freak injury. Um, He's had a weird run in the NFL, but I love that guy. And honestly, I think Washington can make another run with a guy like that. So what do we think their name is going to be? For next year, for next year, they did announce that it is going to be the Washington football again. Yeah. They they announced that like, like September or something. They said they extend it, but we'll see if they eventually decide on a name. Come on. They think you sell a bunch of merchandise like day one, anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's crazy. So, so there is that aspect of it. A lot lot of foresight down there. Uh, (laughs) Who's running that team? Congress. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus Christ. Terrible. So, so real, real quick, uh, talk, you guys, you guys started to touch on Tampa Bay possibly being better next year, and I teased this in our group chat when I was mid troll. Um, I, I had a little bit of a slow Thursday afternoon, and I was just doing my typical thing in our group chat. Um, but if you look at Peyton Manning's second year um, with the Denver Broncos, that that was his historic season, right? You guys have already hit hit on you know what what the Bucks could do with a full off season of Brady. Uh, Odin hit on, you know, how much, how much better Brady plays with a full stadium. Um, again, to tease another thing that's going to, that JC Marcus and I are going to be talking on this weekend is MVP futures. Tom Brady's currently sixth most, like sixth best odds to win the MVP next year at th- plus 1600. Mahomes, that, uh- Rogers, Allen, Russ, and Stafford are currently all ahead wow, of Tom Brady. Uh, yeah, Stafford's plus fifteen hundred. Tom Brady's plus sixteen hundred. So, like, that's another bet that I think Brady has a better season that's coming up next year. Um, I, so, I, I agree that Brady's gonna have a better season next year because, as we all know, egos can interfere. It took a long time for Bruce Arians to get the hell out of the way. Yeah, it did. Uh, uh, and like, you know, Bruce Arians won his first Super Bowl as a head coach, but not really. Tom Brady's a head coach. Tom Brady is the star of the show in that he's going to have a full year where he's not going to be getting in trouble for going to Byron Leftwich's house, that they're going to have this full thing. They're going to put in his offense that they want, and they're going to be able to get guys back on the cheap. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, a, a sight to see. Has the Brady kicked out AB this year. But, but here's the other thing that you mentioned. I don't know if they've kicked out AB, but here's the other thing. We've we've talked about it before. Bruce Arians' offense, statistically, quarterbacks struggle in the first year. Brady threw 12 interceptions this year. That's more than normal. Not his highest ever, but more than normal for him. He's definitely a guy that can take a leap. And then think about it. All the extra reps for the receivers, for the offensive linemen. The Bucks' offensive line is fairly young, and they're really good already. Really good. With a bunch of extra reps in the offseason, this is, this is a team that is definitely built to improve, especially on the offensive end. So if they're not able to re-sign some of the guys on defense, the offense may have to take a step forward, and that could definitely lead to a Brady MVP. Don't and does anybody think Howard. that Brady's... Does anybody think that Brady's going to allow there to be a Super Bowl hangover either? It's just that's just not going to happen. Nope. I like that some guys were crying on the sidelines after the Packers win, and Brady went up to him and and yelled right in their face and goes, "What are you crying about? We're not done yet." Yeah, Yeah. you heard about that, right? I fucking love that. Jaden Mickens. We're not. not, What are you crying about? We're not done yet. I I fucking love that. I think there's two other teams that'll be really interesting next year. I'm really interested to see what Gruden's going to do in year three. Oh God, nothing. Uh, and, and what what can kind of come of that? Because they're the one of the only other teams that beat Kansas City last year. And then what the hell kind of mess they got going on in Philadelphia with with Wentz and Jalen Hurts and like, what's going to happen there? I, I mean, oh, that, that division is right. I, I think the, the Wentz thing is very interesting. Where he winds up could definitely that he's definitely a quarterback that he has the potential to be really good if he goes to the Colts as. 
which is very expected, or the Bears. Either one of those teams would definitely benefit from having a quarterback of his caliber if he's playing at his peak level. I think Philadelphia would might be better too with Jalen Hurts running around behind that porous offensive line as opposed to Wentz too. So here's a wild statement I'm going to throw out there. If Carson Wentz goes to the Colts, he's a top 10 quarterback again. I don't think that's that wild. I don't think it's wild either. It's not wild. To, to, steal from Pat McAfee's, to steal from Pat McAfee's show, Wentz is currently minus 200 to go to the Colts. Follow Vegas. Uh, the McAfee show is calling it a done deal. It, it um, makes and an awful lot of sense. Yep. They, I mean, they, they, apparently, they, them and the, the Bears are the, the two biggest players for Wentz. Uh, I've heard that the Colts are kind of pussying around, though, but I've heard, also heard that the Bears aren't offering shit because the Bears are kind of content, you know. Well, well, part of it is the money aspect attached to Wentz, right? right. So it makes it difficult for him to trade. You're not going to get full value of him. Like, for instance, the Matt Stafford trade. Matt Stafford doesn't have, a, a like, a bad contract. The the Bears or the, the Lions take on a bad contract with Goff, and so they get an extra first-round pick. I mean, if you're trying to trade Wentz and you're like, I want two firsts, it's really hard to do because it's like you attach him to that huge contract. And that's what they're looking for. That's what the Eagles were They were saying. Oh, we haven't gotten a fair deal. That's what's been in the well, news about this. And they think what a fair deal is now in Dubich. We were talking about this earlier is that – is <laughs> that uh, with Carson Wentz, like they're expecting that two first round draft picks. They yeah. think that which, that's what which, they're going to get. And, which is and too I, much. And way it's way too, too much, much but that's how you for a guy right? who's yep. been injured. He wasn't the guy who won you the Super Bowl. All, all these things that are question marks on him, and they, that's what they think they're going to get. Well, you, there's to me, uh, the Philadelphia made the wrong former backup quarterback head coach. I mean, Doug Peterson was not the star coach on that team. Frank Reich obviously was and is. What he's doing in Indianapolis is big. What he was doing with Carson Wentz is big. Frank Reich was a brilliant player, has always has always been a really good coach, has done well everywhere he's gone. And I think India is one of those teams that could sneak up and bite Kansas City next year. But they just didn't have the quarterback this year. They're so, a team like the Bucks. So yeah. uh, picture this. The Eagles trade Carson Wentz to the Bears – and Nick Foles is involved in the trade. <laughs> yeah, the, no, that's been suggested. Oh, it's a Wentz for Foles deal. Yeah, how funny would that be? It, it would uh, bring sell some back, tickets. Bring back Dick, Big Dick Nick. Honestly, they're they're gonna lose a bunch of games next year. Do you think Sirianni wants Nick Foles though? Like, if I'm Philadelphia, I don't want that extra quarterback attached. I want to see what I have in Jalen Hurts with. Playing yeah. with the quarterback, going back to Brandon's point about the whole thing, like Jalen Hurts doesn't have a statue up front. When you have, yeah, but when you have a quarterback, <laughs> when you have a quarterback that is on a rookie deal, a not even a first round pick rookie deal, and you have the freedom to use the cap, it with that rookie deal and for a quarterback that you think is good, that allows you a lot more success. It, it leads to a lot more success typically. So I, I mean, if I'm Nick Sirianni who's starting over in Philadelphia, I don't want Foles. But and, mean, and no one's going to give Sirianni a hard time if he goes four and twelve, right? Like if he goes four and twelve with Hurts, like well, you know, I had, I had Jalen Hurts. Let me go get a quarterback of my own. I absolutely love the risk to see what you have with Hurts. Um, that's that's a hundred percent the right play for for the salary cap reasons Newman just brought up, and, and because there's zero risk going into it. Yeah, and I think the Wentz uh, issue has gotten so bad. I'm actually in a lot of Eagles Facebook groups. The tone out there is just rotten, guys. It's rotten. The uh, so much has leaked about Wentz that it's just 
dirty laundry at this point. Like the guy is bitching to Howie Roseman behind Peterson's back. He may or may not have directly gotten Peterson fired because of all of his bitching. Like this is a situation that I've never seen anything like this in three years. They go from winning a Super Bowl to, to getting rid of their head coach, not getting rid of their GM that truly put them in this position and just being lost in the future, having two capable, possibly starting quarterbacks, and they don't think they can use either of them. This is a doomed franchise, in my opinion. Well, I'm, I'm with Dubich. No uh, one deserves it more. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Brandon. I'm with the Eagles. I'm, I'm with Brandon. They sold their soul. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with Brandon when he talks about Hurts. Though I, I'm, I'm bigger on Hurts and Tua. Right. I, I think Hurts could be a better quarterback than Tua by far. I'm, I'm off the Tua train. And you also mentioned earlier about being in the trade franchise there, going for Deshaun Watson. I pushed last week when we were on the pod for that. I think it's crazy we haven't heard Miami. Maybe even better that we haven't because all the other stuff, they say it's rumors and bullshit. So Miami might come out of nowhere and, and settle that deal like we're talking about and bring Deshaun there. But if I'm going to have a franchise and I'm going to be a first-year coach, have a little bit of fun, hurts the guy I want to have for sure. You can be most creative, and you have the most upside and promise, especially with his age and his athleticism. He, he looked like Two is about Russ. to be Josh Rosen. Two is about to be Josh Rosen when, when Watson goes to Miami. And get rid of him before people realize he sucks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there, there's still a shred of hope for Tua. Unload him and go get yourself a quarterback for the next 10 years. Is Josh Rosen still a Buccaneer? Hey, I think he's I on hope the, he's on Fran, San Francisco, I thought. Yeah. Is he really? I thought that. Well, uh, yeah, if he's on the waivers, he can be picked up. I thought Shanahan got picked him up in San Fran. Wow. Does anybody uh, think that Russell Wilson is ever going to play for anybody other than Seattle? Yeah, let's let's talk about Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson this week uh, kind of opened up wounds that I don't really necessarily know if he needed to open up, but he basically just made a statement like, hey, I'm tired of being hit. Like, what does that even mean? Well, I mean, before the season, I did talk about the fact that I felt that the, the, the Seahawks have done a poor job of investing in their offensive line for sure. to protect him. And we mentioned it. I said, you said he's not a guy who's likely to get hurt because he's a thick boy. And I said, you know, anybody's capable of getting hurt. I would, if I'm Russell Wilson, I want more protection if I can get it's it. It's a thick ass bitch. He definitely definitely when, yeah, that's definitely when, when <laughs> Drew was, was hitting on him. He was, he was hitting on him. It, it got weird is, for a is second. Bo- is bone weird, man. It's bone density. I'm still a huge Oh my God, that was a comment. Bone density. Hold me. Bone density gate. That was a weird pod. I fucking love it. I still, fucking love bone density. Still, gate. still a huge fan of, of Russell Wilson and everything he does. For sure. This, this is a weird statement, and it's not just this. He's been stirring up some discontent for quite some time. Just last offseason, they were talking about, could Russell Wilson be traded? Like, what? What are you fucking talking about? This, this, is, this is your only guy. Like, I, it's, it's all of a sudden heating up again. Um, is there any chance that Russell Wilson all of a sudden gets shot into the Deshaun Watson... Trade talks. I, I think Seattle's problem is they have an aging coach and a a defense that has some real shortcomings in the talent department. They don't have a proper scheme. They don't have a proper running game anymore. They are kind of this one-trick pony of Russ doing his thing, and he does really well with it. But, uh, I mean, can you score 35 points a game? I, game? I, I, think, I think that's a team that definitely needs to – I expect them to draft – in the trenches this year. If they don't draft in the trenches this year, then you need to fire the GM immediately because the pass rush was lacking. Their secondary, 
actually has some decent caliber players, but they're 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 just running around the whole time. You can't cover for 10 seconds. Nobody can. So you have to be able to rush the passer. When they traded for Carlos Dunlap, that improved the defense a lot last year. Carlos Dunlap needs to be re-signed, and then they need to draft you know, defensive players that can rush the passer and guys that can block for Russell Wilson. You yeah. want to talk about a team that misses their fans, too. Seattle, yeah. the home field advantage oh of gosh. the 12th Great man. Point. Great point. I mean, that, that, that's a difference maker, too. A team in, a, in an arena that really matters as far as a home field advantage. Uh, and Here, Here's a Brandon Brister hot take. Seattle is last in the division next year. Oh, that, that's, a, that's a horrible take. I, I think it's possible, though. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's so such a tough division. It's Not really tough fast. division. They're, they're, it's a stacked division. Stacked division. It is a stacked division, but I still think the Cardinals are the odd man out. Um, and uh, I think, uh, dude, it, yeah, you you can't have if a top five quarterback, wide receiver, safety, and I would argue. I'm tired of get, I'm tired of getting fooled by Russ Wilson. Like he he can only cover up so much. Right, he can only cover up so much, and 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 the weaknesses. I have, they they're one of the worst drafting teams. Newman's hitting it on the head. The, the blueprint is out there. What they need to do, I have no doubt they'll probably draft a wide receiver, a running back, and a tight end. All and, the, and and absolutely not. All the Seahawks yeah. need in this draft is a Tristan Wirfs. And, yeah. they're, and they're and they're right back in it. Just the words don't grow on trees. I, 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 I know, but, but, yeah, easier said than done. Easier said than done. I know. And they don't even have their first round pick. It's owned by the Jets. They need to be active in the offseason and repairing their offensive line. Don't but, don't but even I, focus on the defensive line. Just I'd go. I'd still offensive. be willing to bet on Russell Wilson and, and and Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is a Hall of Fame coach. Yes. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. And Russell Wilson, I, I would probably put right now in the top twenty quarterback conversation of all time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. just such a great player. So I'd be willing to bet that over his facsimile carbon copy in Kyler Murray with what we talked about could be the worst coach in the NFL. Head coach now that Adam Gase is gone. Uh, and then a uh, San Francisco team that has no real identity anymore, right? And you're gonna bet you're gonna bet Matthew. Dude, they were ravaged by injuries. They were yeah. ravaged. By, say, like, they had the worst that. injury luck. They had the worst injury luck of any team this I year. They were, they were a hell of a lucky team the year before to go to the Super Bowl, though. I mean, you have to be lucky to get to the Super Bowl. Like, look at the Bucks this year. They didn't have a single player that was a starter for them hurt for the Super Bowl. Like Vita Vea came back. He was able to play in in for the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Like, and he's the starter. He's a, he's a main contributor for him. Guys that were expected to contribute all contributed. And then they brought in Antonio Brown mid season. You know what I mean? So like the bucks were very lucky in terms of injuries and it takes some degree of luck uh, to win the Brady effect. It, it was right? just like the, the same. It was Brady's like, a lucky yes. charm. For but it was city. just like the Saints fan, or the Saints game too. We had Taysom Hill and Latavius Murray out. Those are two huge positions for the Saints. I mean, when Taysom Hill's on the field, dude, you have to pay attention. He's a Swiss Army knife. You have no idea what's going to happen. And Jameis played that role where he threw that touchdown pass. Did, did you, you guys think that the Bucks were going to lose after that? I, I thought for sure. I no, thought, I thought, no, well, I thought no, we were no, no, sunk. No, no. Jameis, that would have been poetic, Buck, justice, Mm-mm. kicking us right in the dick. Yeah. I thought for, I thought for sure, like... That would have been, that'd have been the It thing. was hilarious. I oh do got to say God. that. And it was, a, it was a big play, too. It was a momentum swing play. But Brady doesn't let him go down. He doesn't. He just keeps fighting. Every team that the Bucks played this postseason, it really was a blessed season. Every team they played had something going on right for the game. With, with Washington, 
It was Alex Smith, their, you know, comeback player of the year, couldn't couldn't cut it. So they got to bring in a journeyman, you know, quarterback in Heineke, who turned out to be the MVP of the game, really. Um, and then it's just the Saints with every, Drew Brees having his issues. Dude, the, the Saints were just off kilter. Uh, the Packers, they just weren't there. They, they couldn't get a rhythm going. It really was just a blessed run for the Bucks. I, I it was bizarre to watch, but and the huge part is they don't play a they don't play a first place schedule. I mean that's huge. Um, you know when when it goes to projecting to the next season, it's it's what it, what is the what does the schedule look like, and and that's a significant difference playing a second place schedule versus a first place schedule. Agreed. Yeah. So they get uh, I don't even know who's the second place team in the NFC East. Uh, Eagles, technically, I don't know. And then you know, out, out west, obviously, Giants. They, they get the Giants. They get the, the Giants division. But who's second place in the Bears? Are the second place team in the NFC North, right? Yeah, yeah. You're playing the Giants and the Bears. That's a that's a route. Both games, P- possibly. I mean, they one of them was close last year, and they they lost to the Bears last year. But uh, I'll draft Danny Dimes in the fifth fifteenth round again, thinking he's going to be great. I can't wait. So I just want to make one one quick point. We'll we'll say rest in pre, rest in peace to uh, Marty Schottenheimer who passed away this week. Yes. who is a oh. a really a really good coach. Um, you know, he led multiple teams to playoffs. He really got screwed in a lot of places. Oh, the worst I felt like he got screwed job ever oh in my San Diego to, to do what they did and to have yes. this close defeat. And, oh, that's I, one of the I, worst I felt he got up. screwed almost in every stop, in all honesty. Maybe Kansas City didn't really screw him, but like Washington definitely screwed him. They only let him one year, and it's like, what? And then and he, Sandy, and he turned around, one of the great turnarounds. He started 0-5 yeah. and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Yeah. I mean, talk about one of the most underrated head coaches, I think, yeah. NFL history, uh, and was a great player, too, in the old AFL for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I mean, and, and, then, and then you got San Diego, what what happened for the Chargers? Like those were some really really good teams that just oh. got a little bit unlucky, and then they sided with AJ Smith over him. That turned out that, that turned San out to Diego be a team is that really one of those top ten best teams that never went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's on that list. And that, those those continuous Chargers, his last few charges, you know, yeah, no pun and, intended and, with, with 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 those Chargers teams. I mean, those teams were great, and then and then the Browns. The drive he lost on the drive to John Elway, John Elway's drive, and then the next year, Ernest Biner with the fumble on the one yard line. Like these are epic moments that we have in NFL history. One of the more tragic. And he's head coaches, on the yeah. opposite end of it, and he just gets screwed by it. So he had a you know he lived a, an uncharmed life, I would say. But, Very sad ending too. But, I mean Alzheimer's. Yeah, awful. But, but uh, he he's a he's a great coach, and anybody who says differently, uh, we we got fighting. Words, so. Absolutely great coach. Uh, the, those last few game or t- uh, teams that he assembled in in San Diego were unreal. I mean, I think he got fired after a thirteen game season, which no, I don't no, know I if that's it, ever. It was either fourteen or two. I think it was fourteen. It, or two. It, was, two. it was double one digit victory. I don't think yeah, that. I don't think that's ever happened ever. Well, and did it they should, lose it, the Jets or the Patriots? Didn't they, they hire fucking Norv Turner for him after that? It was ridiculous. Oh my, yeah. Somebody yeah. terrible. It was, and, it was embarrassing. Truly, Russ and Peach to a great coach. Uh, are one of the best coaches to never win a Super Bowl. I mean, truly. Yeah. And Ladanian Tomlinson's probably got the best things to say. I've I've heard some great things well, coming yeah, from him at with his, Marty Schottenheimer. It's, it's really awesome. Drew Brees at, at, at his and, Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Uh, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson said, "The best coach I ever played for, mm-hmm. Marty Schottenheimer." He had him there and his wife. So uh, it's awesome. And, and that Buffalo Bills team that he was on, that was so the AFL was this freewheeling wild league back there in the '60s, pre, uh, prior to the Super Bowl era. 
there was one defensive stalwart team, and it was that Buffalo Bills team. They destroyed the Chargers in the AFL championship game. They were one year shy of getting to that that first Super Bowl that, that things kind of went south for them, but they were this classic. They were that steel curtain type of team uh, uh, then, and Marty was a big part of that in, in the linebacking core. Yep. Rip to great. Uh, anything else, guys? We've gone a long time. This will probably be our last football podcast. What a bummer! It'll in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, it's a what the long. What are we gonna do? We're, there's like no watch parties now for. We got for some three we got months. Some, so. We got some hockey. We got <laughs> some baseball pre pre preseason coming up, and uh, and some basketball for you. Well, just watch the real what title town. Title baby. Town do what will title town do with yeah. no sports? Watch oh, the real title town. We got some hockey. So, so you know, I was able to go to the World Series this year. I mean, so, I mean, since August, we've had playoff hockey, World playoff hockey, Stanley Cup championship, World Series in October, and then this crazy run with the Buccaneers. It has been like my, my bar is not a sports bar, but we've been a sports bar this year yeah, as, at Tampa yeah, Bay. By the way, our baseball team still is the number one farm system. Um, our, the number hockey, one player. hockey team is best still team the best easily. team in the NHL. And uh, Tampa still has Brady. Oh, and by the way, the Rowdies are probably going to be even good this year. You don't even know who they are. Yeah, don't forget. (laughs) They'll learn. Suck it. (laughs) Title Town, Tampa, baby. (laughs) From all of us here at the Sports Rebrief Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Go Bucks. (laughs) 